0: When asked what the greatest commandment was, Jesus of Nazareth answers in Matthew 22:37 37, that it's to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, every part of who and what we are as human beings. Here, we explore all of those aspects of being human, everything from faith to fitness to culture and everything else having to do with living a full life. Welcome to Heart, Soul, Mind, and Strength. I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but I suspect many of you have. When I was younger, there would occasionally be a school assignment that required some amount of writing. Once in a while, I would stumble over a word that I wanted to write, but wasn't quite sure how to spell it correctly. So naturally, I would ask an adult for some help. A not insignificant percentage of the time, I would get a response that ultimately amounted to look it up in the dictionary. While it's certainly true that the dictionary would be a reliable source to see how a word is correctly spelled, the advice was not helpful. I will give the benefit of the doubt that their intentions were good when giving this answer, rather than this being a thinly veiled version of leave me alone, or I don't want to be bothered, or maybe I actually don't know either. The advice wasn't helpful because if I didn't know how to spell the word, how would I find it in the dictionary, a book listing these words in alphabetical order? What if the word I was looking for was pharynx? I could spend a lot of time looking under F and never come close. Years later, I ran into something akin to this scenario. When I was in my early 30s, I had returned to the church after a somewhat selfish period of my life. We don't need to get into the details right now. In those early days, whenever the topic of evangelism came up, if there was any question about how best to go about talking to people about spiritual matters, the advice was always something like, just share the gospel with them. Just like telling me to look up a word that I don't know how to spell in the dictionary, this advice, while not necessarily bad, was not particularly helpful. What did that even mean? What is the gospel? Do you mean have them read the gospel? Which one? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? For some time, I wondered what this meant. And since that time, I've heard at least two explanations of this idea. One came from Greg Cokel president of Stand to Reason and author of books such as Tactics, A Game Plan for Discussing Your Christian Convictions, and his later book, The Story of Reality, How the World Began, How It Ends, and Everything Important That Happens in Between. Greg was retelling the story of an interaction he had while out on a book tour for his latest work. He was at a table signing books for people when a man came up to him and they began to talk. The man, we'll call him Arthur, had asked Greg a question about how God could send good people to hell or something like that. After a moment's thought, Greg asked Arthur whether he believed that people who did bad things ought to have consequences for those things. Ironically, Arthur indicated that he was a prosecuting attorney, so yes, he believed that people should face consequences for doing bad things. Greg agreed with him on that point and said, me too. Then he asked if he had ever done anything bad. Once again, Arthur could do nothing other than admit that he had, of course. Once again, Greg's response was, me too. At this point, he was in a perfect position to set this conversation up to go in a direction that would be most helpful. So he said, let me get this straight. We both agree that there should be consequences for doing bad things, and we've both admitted that we've done bad things. You know what I call that? Bad news. Next, he went on to give a brief explanation of how Jesus died in order to pay the penalty for all the bad things that we've done and continue to do throughout our lives which he essentially bookended by saying, you know what I call that? Good news. In a brief conversation, Greg shared the gospel. First, he had to help Arthur see the bad news that we're all sinners and deserving of God's punishment. Only then could he share the good news that the requirements of God's justice have been met and that our debt has been paid by Jesus on our behalf. That is the good news of the gospel. The next time I heard the Gospel explained was during a message at my church one weekend. One of our teaching pastors was talking about Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In my opinion, this is perhaps the most succinct way to express the Gospel that I have ever heard. No big surprise that it was the Apostle Paul who wrote it. Well, let's break it down the way I learned it that weekend. First let's look at the concept of wages. What are wages? A wage is something that you earn by either providing a product or a service or of some kind of engaging in behavior of some sort. You earn a wage. It's a way of receiving what you deserve. So, the wages of sin. Now, what is sin? Well, sin is typically explained as missing the mark. In other words, there's a target that we should be aiming for, and we missed it. Well, what's the target? According to Matthew 5.48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now that's going to be a problem for pretty much all of us because none of us is perfect. We all miss the mark. See Romans 3:23. I know we all like to think that we' are good people, but we're only good compared to some of the other people in this world. But that's not the measurement of what's good. God is. So we've all failed to be perfect, and therefore we are due our wages. What is owed to us for this behavior, the wages of sin, is death. Now, what's death? I've heard death explained as separation. When Adam sinned in the garden in Genesis 3, he and Eve were separated from God. When we die physically, our soul is separated from our body. While I have heard that this may not be the correct definition of death, I've not yet heard one that better fits the concepts of the Bible, so I'm going to stick with this for the time being. Now, at this point, we get to the latter part of the passage. Paul talks about the free gift. What is a free gift? Well, a gift is something you can receive for which you have not had to pay anything. This is the concept of grace, unmerited favor. Who is this gift from? This is the free gift of God. So it's from God. God himself provides this gift via his son, Jesus, by having Jesus paid the debt for our sin, thereby his death was our wage. He then turns around and gives us, free gift, a renewed relationship with the Father, who's the source of all life. So eternal life is a never-ending, loving relationship with God the Father. So we get that free gift through Jesus. And there you have the bad news and the good news, the gospel. What I like about this is that it can be explained fairly quickly and I hope it's easy to understand. I think it's far better than relying on a long oration with lots of theological language that would ultimately put people to sleep. What do you think? Are either of these explanations of the gospel helpful? Was this something you already knew? Let me know by leaving a comment in a review. Until next time. That's all we have for today. Thanks for coming along. If you've enjoyed it and found it helpful, Please leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. For more resources, you can visit the website at hsms2237.wordpress.com. Music is Do You Believe by the Caffeine Creek Band, courtesy of Pixabay. Thanks for listening. Now go be fully human.